Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. You're listening to The Art of Podcast, and this is episode number 21. Hello, my creative spirits out there. Thank you so much for tuning back into The Art of Podcast. I am your host, Leah Fisher, and... Oh my gosh, I'm going to get really deep and vulnerable with you guys today. And I've been experiencing some discomfort around that, around the podcast, and sometimes just questioning, what am I doing? What am I telling everybody all this stuff for? But I always have to go back to my why. And, you know, I, uh, I've been afforded so much opportunity and experience that I... I don't think that there's anything better to do than just be completely honest with you guys about what I've been through and how I'm healing because I don't think that going through the levels of healing that I've been going through is as valuable if I can't share it with you guys. So today's going to be an interesting one. I am going to tell you about my own personal journey from loneliness to solitude. This has been really deep for me, so I hope you really get something out of this. So I'm going to start with some definitions, my personal definitions of loneliness and solitude. So loneliness to me is the two emotions together, grief and desire. And not that those are bad emotions by themselves, because they definitely have a place in our emotional landscape for different things, right? They can be motivating, they can be cathartic, but when they're together and they're stuck and they're cycling, they become loneliness, which is not anything anyone wants to experience, right? In solitude, it's uh, by definition, you know, you're alone. If you're lonely, you might be alone, but it's very different. The emotions are much more close to a combination of peace and gratitude. And one is very life depleting, which is loneliness, and one is very life-giving, which is solitude. So if you look at the two, you think maybe they're not that different. They really have some of the same characteristics. Maybe you're by yourself, but one feels very bad and one feels very good. So this has been something that has really been on the top of my mind because I've experienced so much loneliness in my life. And I mean, (laughs) and I've been dating, you know, uh, a little bit and pretty much every day someone I know, or just random people ask me, you know, are you dating or who are you dating? And I always come back with some heady podcasty psychoanalytic answer, you know, I'm in process and I'm working on it and I'm doing a little bit, but I just don't know that I can really show up to a conscious relationship. And I know that's not what they really want to hear. I think that people are just concerned. People that love me and care about me don't want me to be lonely. But what 
I have really come to realize is that just because someone is dating or in a relationship or in a room full of people, this is absolutely zero guarantee that you won't experience this emotion of loneliness. And for me, it has become really apparent and very important that I needed to deal with this emotion before I really get serious about trying to date someone because the energetics of this emotion are are very low. It's very coming from a attitude of lack and and neediness and for me at this stage in my life I don't want to enter into something with the expectation that another person or a circumstance is going to alleviate this this bad feeling within me. So I don't know. I've been um, kind of dating a little bit, but not, not really. I'm not really quite there yet. I would say I'm about 90% there because I have to say I'm going to go into this in depth in this, in this show, but I've done so much work around this and I experience loneliness probably about 90% less. And this is a huge, huge win for me. It's so much better. I'm so much happier. And and really getting to experience the richness of solitude. And it's such a beautiful gift. But it does take a, a little introspection and a little work to get there. Because I've lived with loneliness probably forever. As long as I can remember having emotions. So... What I started learning is that the emotion of loneliness was not really the problem. It wasn't because I didn't have someone there, right? It was because of my feelings around the emotion. So it's kind of like that. You know, your problem isn't always your problem. It's your feelings about the problem that are the problem. But like, for instance, you can have two people who are completely alone, completely single, same amount of time, same circumstance in life. And the way they feel about it can be completely polar opposite, right? One can be very happy and grateful that they have time to themselves and have a very rich life and be completely at ease with the situation. The other person can be distraught and a mess and obsessed with trying to get rid of that feeling. And what is the difference between those two people? The difference between those two people is their thoughts around their situation, their beliefs, their subconscious beliefs. And where do we learn that? Where do we learn how to judge and form the beliefs around our circumstance? It comes from our societal programming. It comes from our upbringing, what people tell us our story is supposed to be. But we all have choices there, right? We all have the power to create our own narrative around whatever is happening in our lives. And we can feel at peace with anything that's going on eventually if we have the right perspective. And for me, this has kind of been my goal to feel good and to have a lot of gratitude in my life and not look at the things I don't have and be very sad about it because some people I'll tell you what they would like nothing better than to be out of their relationship (laughs) you know so it's all about your perspective and what lens you're looking through 
So how do you change your perspective and change your thoughts and feelings about a circumstance? That's what I'm going to talk about today as I share with you my journey from loneliness to solitude. I will say that the biggest tool that I've utilized when doing this work is from a program called To Be Magnetic with Lacey Phillips. She really gets to the core subconscious beliefs around the things that are happening in our life. And she's basically saying, if something isn't coming into your life, it's because of your subconscious beliefs around it. Now, this is a really in-depth program and it's absolutely amazing. And I'm really, you know, really making a long story short there, but this is what's given me the information and the tools that I have used to come to a new enlightened attitude about my circumstance. So I'm super excited about sharing it with you. I guess I will start with my story around loneliness and my relationship to it. You know, I, I feel like I'm so familiar with this emotion. I, I just remember I was probably like five or six years old and, and feeling very lonely. And the context in which this was happening is that my parents got divorced. My dad had just been diagnosed with schizophrenia and had to go into the hospital. Uh, I was left with my mom who had uh, her own mental issues with drug addiction and alcoholism and a really abusive upbringing. And, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what divorce was. I didn't know why or, or how anything was happening. But I will say, you know, rightly so the adults in my life were, were traumatized. The adults were traumatized. And although I think that they did their very best to keep it together and, and not involve me as much as they could, there were a lot of emotions there that were happening. I mean, you know, they were scared. My grandparents were scared. My parents were traumatized. I mean, it was just this huge bomb that happened in the middle of our family. And of course, no one spoke to me about this, but little kids, man, they are sponges. It's almost like they don't have the language skills to cognitively understand what's going on. But what they do and what I did is just absorbed all the energetic emotions of my parents and what was going on. And I was having so many feelings. And of course, I couldn't name these feelings. Then I can look back now and I can identify them. But I was afraid. I was sad. I was confused. I was angry. I felt very powerless over everything. And everything felt like uh, out of control. And I was scared. And they had no idea that I was feeling this stuff. I mean, I think people... It, it, I mean, especially back then, tend to think children are, are just kind of not conscious of what is happening. But all this programming is happening during those ages, five to seven. I mean, prime, prime ages for really, really programming our self-conscious beliefs. That's when we're learning everything about ourselves. And what was so traumatic about that particular time period and what I, what I was experiencing was that like children do when there's trauma in the family, they can't separate themselves from the energetics of their parents. They don't have the separation of identity yet. You know, that doesn't happen until you're a teenager. 
So everything that's happening with the parents, the kids internalize it. And that's exactly what I did. And the subconscious beliefs that I picked up there, which I had, I just learned about this pretty recently through the To Be Magnetic program, is that no one understood my feelings. So I felt like nobody loved me. Nobody liked me. My needs weren't important. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not good enough. It's, I'm a bad person, you know? And uh, it's just, it's just really incredible because none of that stuff was true with my family. They did everything they could to verbally tell me, I love you. You're good enough. I mean, I got so much admiration and words of affirmation from my parents and they were very kind people that matter. If my parents were mean to me, this would be a whole nother level, but just being around the trauma and being around people who just had their reality shattered, literally, uh, I absorbed all of that. And I thought it was me because that's what kids do. They think the whole world is about them. And that's where I got these subconscious beliefs just programmed in there. And look, they did the very, very best they could, but they weren't prepared for what was happening to them. They didn't have the tools. They didn't know. They they tried. They tried to be kind. They tried to sort of talk to me, but you know, I was a moody little kid. I would cry. I would isolate. And they did the best they could, but they had bigger shit going on. You know, I'm sure like many people think, you know, kids are resilient. They'll live, they'll be okay. You know, it's going to be fine. And, you know, I think, uh, that was a rational assumption at the time. And, you know, we didn't even have Oprah back then. (laughs) So I definitely picked up those subconscious beliefs that were just kind of in the back of my mind as I was growing up. And I don't blame my parents for that. They did as good as they could with what they, they, the information they had. I I think parents today have a lot more responsibility because we know more, we have more education. I think if kids are coming back to their parents when they're in their twenties and, and that they'll have a little bit more ammunition because you know, you're listening to this podcast. We have so much information out there on how we get programmed and where our pain comes from. So parents of today have a a little bit, uh, more with information comes responsibility. And so, you know, I think it's a really hard job now that we know this, but anyway, I'm digressing a little bit, but so I got these, these these subconscious thoughts. I've been programmed with this stuff. I've taken on the energy of the trauma of my family. And as I go into life, you know, I grow up, I get into my preteens and what starts happening? Well, the hormones start happening and all of a sudden there are crushes and there is a love interest. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this or seen the crushes of 13 year old girls. They are intense. They are really, really intense. And What I attribute that to, or at least in my life, is that I was going out into the world with these subconscious beliefs that I need to be loved, I'm not worthy of love, and I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to heal that wound. I am going to feel loved and worthy. And by God, some teenage boy is going to do that, right? And you go out into the world and you feel this 
this energy from people and it's just this cycle that that begins to happen or at least with me coming from my background right and we all kind of do this at some level we are attracted to things that we believe are going to heal us and complete us and if you have these subconscious beliefs you meet someone it feels really intense it feels really good this is it bam lightning strikes and you know, all my problems are solved. I'm healed. I feel amazing. I don't feel any of the pain that I felt before. This is true love, right? And then time passes and the person starts to get annoying or they don't like you back or you don't get as much attention as you used to get. And all of a sudden abandonment issues start coming up, or maybe you feel engulfed, you feel uncomfortable in the situation. Well, this is such a cycle and I, uh, I've done this over and over and over again and so disappointed with the person that was, you know, not meeting all my needs, right? Like, oh, you didn't cure my abandonment issues. You didn't cure my loneliness. You didn't make me feel like I was worthy of love forever. Well, you just aren't the right person and you're just, you just suck, right? <laughs> And I throw you away or you leave me and then I feel lonely and lo and behold, I find somebody else and lightning strikes. (laughs) This is what we call trauma bonding. And I will definitely link that in my show notes. This is, this is definitely an addictive cycle. There's, I'll link another book called Facing Love Addiction. It really shed some light on this pattern in, in life and relationships and really searching for that high and that hit of dopamine that you get when you first meet somebody and it's uh, super intense. I mean, I just really always thought that that was love. And every time that this has happened, I thought it was the cure all be all everything until I found out it wasn't. So what is the answer to all this? Because I mean, movies, rom-coms, Grey's Anatomy, like all the things, you know, love songs, they all tell us that this is the end-all be-all fairy tale. And so what are we to do about our loneliness and the lack of love that we are missing and that we need? Well, it's a very good question. And I've been really, really delving into it and studying it. And for me, it has been about reprogramming those unconscious beliefs that I picked up through my family trauma when I was a kid and reframing my reality about what I think about myself. Because honestly, like in everyday life, I don't go around saying, oh, you're unlovable, you're worthless, you're you know a bad person. I don't go around saying that in, in my thoughts. But deep down in my automatic brain, That's what was forged when I was younger. So you have to go in and reprogram that. I've been doing that through the To Be Magnetic program, which is amazing. I will absolutely put that in the show notes. It's $20 a month. It's the cheapest therapy I could even recommend. It's it's absolutely incredible. And what it's done for me is that I can start to feel the self-worth and the self-love you know, instead of the loneliness and the pain and the sorrow and the disease, I feel calm and appreciative of my efforts towards myself 
which is very, very different. I'm meeting my own emotional needs. And so going out and finding someone to medicate me in a physical or an emotional way, I can now see is destructive and not effective. And you know what I don't want in my life right now? Destructive and not effective. <laughs> I want things that build me up and, and give me power and, and bring me happiness and, and fulfillment. And I have to tell you, going through another traumatic love cycle, I'm just not into it. And so I guess that's the benefit of doing it a lot of times. You know, I know what I don't want. So I don't, I don't know what a relationship is going to look like coming from the space. I, I imagine, and I predict that it'll be very different coming from a grounded and peaceful state of mind when you're not looking for someone to fix you, to save you, to make you high. That's a very different energetic. I feel like there's a, there's like the, the power behind that is really the basis of being able to be in a functional, loving relationship where you can love yourself. Because if you're just running around like, you know, expecting somebody to make you feel loved all the time, good luck. Good luck. So I wouldn't say that I've arrived. I've been working at this for a while. But look, it took me 48 years to live with those subconscious beliefs, it's going to take a little bit to really, really heal that experience. But as I said before, I think I'm like 90% there. I still get lonely sometimes, but it's not as intense. And it doesn't drive me to do things to avoid the feeling. I'm really good now at sitting in it, self-soothing, when I'm feeling that emotion, I go inside, I do one of these uh, meditations that's in this program and, and get to the root of it because it's always that five-year-old little girl. It's not, it's not me. It's that little five-year-old that needs the presence from the adults in her life. You know, I don't, I don't need anyone here as a 48-year-old woman to make me feel safe and secure. I know that I'm safe and secure, but that little girl inside me, She's still kind of upset about the circumstance and I can be there for her. I can reparent her. I can teach her to cycle through the emotion, to breathe through it, to let her know that it won't last forever and that she's safe. You know, that's what I tell myself when, it, when I feel that emotion and it just, it, it's so healing. It's so effective. So anyway, I know that was a lot. <laughs> That was a lot. So, um, man, if this is something that resonates with you and you're interested in this work, please go to my show notes, look into this to be a magnetic. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal. I just love the work they do. I'll also link uh, something on trauma bonding and facing love addiction. And, you know, I, uh, I hope this is inspiring because I know that Everyone wants to feel connected and, and loved. And we have the power to do that. We have the power to do that. You have the power to do that. But you have to face your shit. You have to do the work. You have to be friends with that shadow and be friends with that little kid, you know. And right now, you know, if you're feeling a lot of loneliness, the fact that you're listening to some information, some useful information, 
and willing to pick something up and take some action in your life, it's a lot. That's the first big step. It's the scariest step. But life can look different. It can change. You can feel different. You can have the things you want, but you got to do the work. You got to do it. (laughs) And I know it sounds like it sucks and I know it sounds scary and painful, but it's actually not. It's actually not. I think that you will be pleasantly surprised on the other end when you get the benefits of befriending yourself. And so I know I have. (laughs) So yeah, so there I am kind of, kind of like, uh, telling you all my deep, dark secrets. Well, that was fun. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it was helpful. And, um, I was a little scared, but I feel, I feel much better now. So as always, just thank you for being here. Thank you for listening till the end of this podcast. I know that it was a lot, it was a little heavy maybe, but I hope it was helpful. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Leah Fisher Art and my website at Leah Fisher Art. And there are lots of resources on there. You should look around and I have a really cool resources page and it's really cool. Um, and man, I guess I'm just out of words. So anyway, I hope everyone's doing great and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>